had to get that straight. The one I preached the last two Sundays in Bernie, Missouri, and their switch was on top. So I was trying to turn it on. There's no switch there. So anyway, we had, did have a great time in Bernie, Missouri with Dale and Sister Susan at the Word of Faith. And uh, the Hartles were very hospitable. And we had a lot of prophetic words go out over people and over the church and, and uh, healings. We had several healings and people saved. We had three or four salvations on Sunday. So it was tremendous, tremendous time. And we enjoyed that, that very much. We still miss our own church family, though, when we're gone. That was three weeks in a row we've been gone on Sundays. But uh, I'm glad I get to come back here on Wednesday and uh, see y'all and minister, and, and it's good. Uh, I didn't finish last week what I started, so we're in part B of part seven. Part B, part seven B, I guess you'd call it. But God is for you, amen? amen. He is for you. And Matthew 20, 16 is our text for this whole series about being called and chosen. And it says, the last shall be first, and the first shall be last. For many are called, but few are chosen. And so, it's important to understand, there's a principle. If you self-promote, then you usually lose to the back of the line. But if you humble yourself before God, then He reaches down and He lifts you up. So He puts you in a prominent place to be blessed. How many want to be blessed? He wants you to be blessed more than you want to be blessed. And why is that? Because you can help other people. And uh, it's, it's a tremendous thing to have the ability, the capability, and the finances to help other people. Because there are a lot of hurting folks out there, a lot of people that are living in bad conditions. And I was sharing with Sister Diane, Sister Virginia, how their building, they put bedrooms up there. They got five or six bedrooms in their building out there in Brosley. We were thinking about stopping through on our way back, but then the pastor wanted us to go to Pizza Hut. And, you know, I couldn't turn down hospitality like that, you know, so we went to Pizza Hut instead. But we are going to get over there and, and see the building and see the progress. I know they've made a lot of progress. But it's funny, Word of Faith and Bernie is building a back part of a building that has a very similar idea, a big commercial kitchen and bedrooms and, and things to where they just, they said, we don't know what we're doing, we just know we're supposed to help people. I said, well, well, there's a theme going on here. We may have to do something with this building similarly to help those who are hurting and out of a place to be. And uh, God's got lots of ministries, you know. Uh, years ago, I thought about turning, buying out Jiffy and turning those into homeless uh, rooms over there. Had have a lot of work to do to do that. But, you know, I'm always thinking wild thoughts. My wife has to run to catch up with me. But uh, then when she catches up with me, she gives me a good push. So, but uh, we're called and we're to be chosen 
And over in Romans, I'm quickly, I already read this, but I'm quickly going over it again with you. In chapter 8 and verse 28 of Romans, it says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who, are, who love God, comma, and to those who are called according to his purpose. When you love God and you're called to his purpose, God works out everything for your good. Doesn't matter what it is, bad, ugly, good, he's going to work it all together for good for you. So it's a great thing. And then in Psalms 84 was where we shared, I'm just going to reread it to get me on down the road here. But in Psalm 84, verse 4, it says, Blessed are those who dwell in your house. Don't y'all love it when you come into the house of God and just like Zach playing those keyboards and, you know, the presence of God just fills the room. In fact, I like that chorus that they sing, fill the room, fill the room, you know, because when he fills a room, it's full of glory because he is glorious. But he says, when in your house, they will still be praising you, Selah. Selah meant little rock or it meant to pause, take a rest. And so he said, they will still be praising you. And that kind of goes along with the, he works all things together for good. Even when you're going through struggle, we are still to be praising him, no matter what. In verse 5, it says, uh, Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, Lord, whose trust is set on pilgrimage. That means we're going through. We're not going to camp out where all the stuff has happened to us. We don't need to live there. You can suffer through things, but you don't have to stay there. God wants you to press through to greater things. And then we see in the next verse, he says, As they pass through the valley of Baca, or Baca, they make it a spring. They, the, the, the rain also covers it with pools. You know, when you weep before the Lord, he can bring the rain. I mean, when I was a kid, I'd go over to my Uncle Charles's and Uncle Roy's, and my Uncle Charles had pumps that they would pump to fill the trough for watering troughs for animals, for the horse, for the cows, for the pigs. They slopped the hogs. I tell you, I tried a little bit of everything over there. I even chopped cotton one day, and that cured me of ever wanting to be a cotton farmer. And I said, no, I'm going to school. I'm going to get me a job that I don't have to farm. This is hard work. I'm glad Brother Sherman's not in here right now. He might think I'm picking on farmers. But, you know, they had it to where they had an old coffee can full of water. And they would pour that water in the little opening, and then they would do the handle. And that water would prime it, and it would cause the water to come out and start pouring out of the spout. And so that's what it is. When you weep before the Lord, you're in the valley of trouble. You're in the valley of weeping. You're in the valley of crying out to God. Your tears are the prime that primes a pump of God's rain that he pours out 
all over you, and it becomes like a pool of water, of blessing. Hallelujah. Then we see in the next verse, it says, They go from strength to strength. Aren't you glad you didn't have to go from weakness to weakness? You go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. Zion is a place of fellowship, of worship. David brought the Ark of the Covenant back to Mount Zion, and that represented the, the house of God. You know, So it's tremendous. God has a place for us. When we come before God in the house of the Lord, and we weep and cry and we glorify Him, praise Him, you may have come in feeling down, but when you leave, you should be feeling up because God is with you. Amen? And so uh, let's skip down to, I'm going to skip numbers. I already gave those points there. And, uh, well, I did want to, uh, well, did I want to or not? I guess, uh, well, I'm going to read verse 31 also of Romans chapter 8. I don't know. I'm throwing die a curveball now. But that particular verse is the one. It says, what then shall we say to these things? What are you going to say to these things in your valley? If God is for us, who? Everybody say who. Who, who can be against us? Who can stop you? Nobody. When you weep and cry before the Lord and you're going through your struggles and He begins to rain all over the devil's parade, He decides, hey, you cannot come against me and they belong to me. So guess what? That's why cancer's got to go. That's why I, was, I saw Rick Timbush today and he wasn't feeling so hot, but he did get a haircut and he got his beard trimmed off. So he was looking better, but... He, uh, he's, he's still believing. I mean, I was trying to slip out. He started snoring. And when I got up and I started sneaking out, he said, where are you going? He was like, man, that's like my wife, you know. <laughs> she catches me like that. But, you know, he said, where are you going? I said, well, you were sleeping. He said, oh, I wasn't asleep. I said, well, why were you snoring then? I wasn't snoring. Yeah, but he had <laughs> determined <laughs> he wouldn't let me go. He said, well, you're not leaving before you pray for me. I said, okay. I went over and put my hand on him, and I prayed a prayer of faith, believing for that new liver. Thank, I actually thank God for the word from Garland Bilbo this afternoon when I laid my hands on him and prayed, and he agreed with me. And he said, hey, thanks for coming. You're my man. And I said, I'm glad I'm somebody's man. I tell you, but uh, I said, Rick, I believe. I believe you can rise up out of this sick bed. People are going to be shocked. Sometimes, see, when God lets you go to the low end of the thing and you're going through, some people say, oh, man, he doesn't look too good. I don't know if he's going to make it. You know, I wonder if we should start planning the funeral. You know, there's a lot of people like that. That's no faith there. We're going to believe the Word of God. By his stripes, he was healed. He had a prophetic word. That man back there, he, his liver, he's going to get a new liver. That's the word of the Lord. Garland didn't know him from Adam. I mean, he didn't know he had a bad liver. He didn't know he was even sick. But he looked at him, 
from up about the first or second row all the way to the back row and pointed and said, that man's going to get a new liver. And that was glorious. But you know what? We've got to believe it, don't we? That was the word of the Lord. Well, see, God's going to rain down. Now, he's preparing us to go through. So she's got number two. Let's just read it. Hear the words of promises and blessings. Rick heard that word. We heard it. You hear it. What's point three? Let's go ahead and go down to that. Purpose is always attacked by your enemies. How many of y'all got a purpose in life? The enemy doesn't like it. He's going to try to hinder you, slow you down, or stop you altogether. He'll try to frustrate you and discourage you to where you won't do what God's called you to do. That just makes me even dig in more. I don't know what it is. I've got a tenacity. God showed me a vision in 1985. That's 38 and a half years ago, and I've never given up on it. I hung on until he gave me that gold tooth. I tell you what, I said, Lord, if I need another one, get one on this side. You put one on this side, give me one for this side. But I'm not giving up. I'm believing the word of the Lord, the vision of God. Your purpose will be attacked, though. So don't stop doing your purpose. Let your purpose resist your enemies. He said resist the devil, and he will flee. I was going to say leave, but flee is what the word says. That's right. What's the next point, Sister Di? Do I have another point? I'm sure I do. Anyway, let's go on to Acts chapter 16. Oh, success follows God's direction. Success follows God's direction. When you're going the way He's leading you, you will succeed in what you're called to do. You will see the evidence. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So follow God's direction and you will come into the middle of your evidence and you will see it happen. It's going to be glorious, I'm telling you. Acts chapter 16, verse uh, 5 through... Uh, I skipped numbers, don't worry about that. I read that last week, I think. But Acts 16, verse 5, and I think I might have read this, 5 through 12, but let's read it again. He says there, So the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in numbers daily. Wouldn't you want to see that happen? I want to see this church grow every day. You know what? We need the revival to break loose to where people want to come to church every day. And we'll have that. It happened in the Brownsville revival. And I'm going to tell you what, that Assembly of God church, it was worn out. The pastor was worn out. He had fallen off the roof, got hurt, John Kilpatrick. And then he asked Steve Hill. He called. He was coming off the mission field. And he called and asked him if he could speak for him maybe on Sunday night. He said, oh, I'm so tired and sore. He said, can you just come and preach on Sunday morning too? It was Father's Day. Well, most pastors don't give Father's Day away. They usually preach it. Zach let me preach it because he went out of town on vacation. And I was thankful to do it because I feel like I'm the father of the house. But anyway, uh, 
you know, he he let Steve go, and and he brought revival with him, and it hit, and it didn't stop for several years. And so, you know, I mean, God can do that. He can just pour out on a place, and it can be so significant that it changes the whole town. You know, they had to build more hotels there. They had to bring in more restaurants because when you're have, packing in about five to 10,000 people every day in a service and they're coming from all over the world, they got to stay in hotels. And I'm telling you, I was there. We went and we, we ate, I think it was at an IHOP or Denny's or something on a Sunday night or one of the nights. I think Hank was with me. We had about four people, five people. And, and old Tino was, happened to be at that revival. I didn't know it. I saw Tino walk in the door of the restaurant, and Brad was with him, and Lucy was in between them. And she was shaking and jerking and laughing her head off. I mean, but those restaurants got so used to those manifestations, it didn't even bother them to see the power of the Holy Ghost hit people like that. But uh, they finally got her in there into a booth. But revival makes strange things happen, powerful things, things that you cannot argue with, healings, tremendous miracles, all kinds, deliverances. I mean, they had a big old uh, pool or something inside the auditorium. They were baptizing people. They were shaking and flopping around, and, and then they'd testify, and they'd get them out of there. And, but the Holy Ghost was all over them. I tell you, I remember I baptized Pastor Alfonso's mother-in-law down in South Florida. We were in the middle of revival in our church. And his 82-year-old grandmother-in-law uh, got saved, and she came to my hot tub. It was a swim pool that had a hot tub connected to it. So we helped her get down, and that way you didn't have as much room to deal with. And I took her down under the water, and when she came up, she was declaring the power of God and started speaking in tongues. I mean, the power of God hit that 80-something-year-old lady, and she was filled with the Holy Spirit. It was fantastic. But a lot of those kind of things would happen. I was watching Rodney Howard Brown on television the other night, and the move of the Spirit. And it was amazing just to see. He'd just walk by people, and they'd start laughing, and all in the Spirit. I mean, the joy of the Lord would hit them. They couldn't even control it. You know when you feel so good you can't tr control it? You can't wipe the smile off your face? Your mouth's so wide? Because you're just full of joy. I mean, you, you can't even close your mouth. It's, it's just out of, out of whack, you know? The glory of God is so strong. But see, in Acts, they, they came and the Lord moved and, and they increased in numbers daily. Now when they had gone through Phrygia, I don't know which one I should look at. I need to put my glasses if I look here, but I can look right here. And the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. I think I read that last week, didn't I? And then on down it talks about how the, Paul had this vision of a Macedonian man. And Dave and I have been to Macedonia. We ate fish there with Brother Summerall Brother Ron Kelly. And it was really a great thing. But... He was led to go to Macedonia. And so we go on down, and the, the thing about it, and that's why I said success follows God's direction. 
When you go where God calls you, God does the work with you and for you. It's tremendous. Let's skip on down to verse 13. I don't know if I read that last week. And on the Sabbath day, we went out of the city to the riverside where prayer was customarily made, and we sat down and spoke to the women who met there. Now a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira who worshipped God. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household were baptized, she begged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded us. Now I'm going to go down through 15. Oh, I just did, didn't I? So she persuaded us. I mean, God will move, and, you know, you'll go places. You don't even have to pay a hotel bill because God sets it up. He sets you up to do the work of the ministry. And so spiritual victory opens up for discipleship. When you come in relationship with people, and that's what Paul did. He went down there, talked to these ladies. They were touched. They got baptized. You know, God was moving. And so then they invited them in. They started the house church there. I mean, that's how it worked. And so spiritual victory opens up opportunities to disciple people. That's tremendous. Uh, by the way, I, I was texting back and forth with Pastor Bruce Underhill. How many of y'all know him? Remember, he is a tremendous friend. Well, he just preached his first message in Farmington at the church where he went to pastor, and so in the Church of God. And uh, he, he said his first sermon was about journey, spiritual journey. And so I blessed him, and he blessed me, and then I went on and preached in Bernie. And I hope he had a great Sunday, too. But let's look at verse 16 through 21. And it says, Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed, or we could say possessed, that's even better, possessed with the spirit of divination met us, who brought her masters, much profit by fortune-telling. I've ran into a few like this before in different places. And it says, uh, The girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. That was an irritation. It wasn't like giving them a compliment. She was interrupting and shouting this out over and over and over. You know, sometimes people will say, Pastor Kevin, such and such, and this Pastor Kevin, and Pastor Kevin this, and this Pastor Kevin. And I have to say, can you stop? I know my name. Slow down. Now just talk to me. And let's talk. You don't have to repeat my name over and over. I'm not God. And even and don't anybody take offense to this, but doesn't it kind of get you a little bit when somebody gets up to pray and they say, Father God, we come before you today, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Father God, and Father God, if you would, move, and Father God, and it's like, 
How about calling out Jehovah something? Jehovah Sidkenu, Jehovah Rophi, Jehovah Nisi, or Jehovah Jireh. You can make our provision, Jehovah Jireh. At least that would say something to him. But the redundancy of it all, it gets to me sometimes. I'm sorry. I'm just a good old boy, and that bugs me. Anyway, I'll get off of my soapbox about it. I hope nobody here prays that way in public. You'll get up and do that, and then you'll look at me, and I'll be looking. My eyes will go like this. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. You know, when the Holy Spirit lines up, with the authority of your purpose it's not going to take you 27 hours to cast out demons if there's some demons there the authority will make them leave and you know I know some people that have I remember Brad and Lucy had this one lady that was possessed by like 20 something demons or whatever and they had to do 3 or 4 sessions and I understand something like that but you know, most of the time, if you can get your hands on them, your right hand on their head and your left hand on their neck, and you have authority and the power of the Holy Ghost, you can get them gone to where they don't stay. But he, that rascal came out that very hour, and that girl was set free. She really was. What verse am I on now? But when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. Now, how many of y'all like to be dragged? And that didn't mean line up here and let's walk over here. They grabbed them and dragged them through the marketplace, made a spectacle of them, you know, embarrassed them. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, these men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city and they teach customs which are not lawful for us being Romans to receive or observe and then 21 or the oh it was okay we have authority over religious confrontation of our enemies and that was the point I was making when you walk in authority by the name of Jesus Christ and in the power of the Holy Ghost, you have the authority over the enemies when you're in confrontation. The spirit that troubles everybody more than any other spirit is the spirit of fear. And sometimes we feel like we're not enough that's why Paul had to tell Timothy, young minister, greatly called, greatly gifted. He said, Timothy, I knew your grandma, I knew your mama. They're good spiritual ladies, and I know you. And he said, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7. It's not in my notes, but... He's given authority, but you're not to fear. But most people don't get the job done when, because 
They're fearful. They're fearful. Well, I wonder how I look. I wonder how I sound. I wonder if it's going to respond correctly to me. Look, if you let the anointing rise up inside of you with the word of the Lord, I'm talking about the scriptures. And Jesus, he always said, you know, the devil tried to tell him, look, you know, when he's 40 days of fasting, and he went through that, and the spirit drove him out in the wilderness, and he was tempted of the devil. Jesus always responded to the devil's uh, statement to him. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. You know, he'll say, oh, won't you turn these stones into bread? You know, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. He always responded with the scriptures. And if you've got enough scripture in you, you have the authority of the Holy Ghost to deal with these spirits. Everybody in our ministry here should be able to deal with the demonic. Should be able to cast them out when they need to be cast out. But when they confront you, do not fear. Don't be afraid. You stand up and realize who you are in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he will be there. Because what? Romans 8, 31. If God be for you, who can be against you? There isn't any spirit sent by the devil out of hell to defeat you in any way. Let's look now at verse 22. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. Oh my goodness. They ripped their shirts off and began to beat them with rods. You know, that would not feel too good. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. So they put leggings on them, like uh, handcuffs only on their feet. And then, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. They weren't sleeping. I imagine their back was split open or something. They, they were sore. They started to say, well, let's just pray a little bit. And they, they were praying, and then they began singing hymns. Oh, the blood of Jesus. You can imagine what they, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. They were getting into it, singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. The prisoners were astounded. How could these guys, we saw them come in. They were beaten half to death. They got stripes all over their backs, and they're all bloody. And here they are, locked up on their feet. And so suddenly, I like any time in the Bible, if it says suddenly or immediately. I like those words a lot. And this is one of them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, there's... Both words in one verse. Hallelujah. I love it. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Boy, that was a prophetic gesture if you ever seen one. Because basically they're saying, if you were listening and you were believing with them, then he's the one to set you free. Amen. Oh, boy. 
Our attitudes determine our results. If you mulligrub it and you're complaining to God, they didn't do that. They counted it joy to be persecuted for the sake of the gospel. So they started praying, Oh Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. you you've made us worthy to be beaten for you. Hallelujah. He set me free. Oh, he set me free. You know, and they started singing, and that earthquake blew the whole place apart, you know, to where everybody was loosed. And the keeper of the prison awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword. I got a big sword in my office. And supposing prisoners had fled, drew his sword, and was about to kill himself because he knew if, if uh, he let all those guys go, they would kill him. So he thought about killing himself. But Paul called out with a loud voice saying, Don't harm yourself. Do har- yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas, and he brought them out saying, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Don't you love it when somebody asks you, how can I get saved? That's like fish jumping in your boat. So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all those who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night, washed their stripes, and immediately he and all his family were baptized. Man, they had a breakout of revival in the middle of the night. Because who's to say what time it was? Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them, and he rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. Isn't that tremendous? New ministry opens opportunity to glorify God. Isn't that great? When you have new ministry opportunities, that's a chance for God to get glory. That's like me going to Burning, me and Lucia. We had an opportunity to do some different ministry, and God was glorified. They were astounded by the prophetic word when God healed some people, and their pain left their bodies, and just different things. It was amazing. And I always say it amazes me as much as it amazes them. You know, when God does it, it never gets old. What then shall we say to these things if God is for us? Who can be against us? Nobody. God wants you to succeed. He really does. He wants you to be able to do ministry. And, you know, we ask you to take classes when you want to be a a minister or you just want to grow. It's all right if you don't care to be an ordained minister if you just want to grow. But if you want to be a licensed ordained minister, we encourage you to take classes because we want you to learn. But the, the fact is, God is for you, and you don't have to take all those classes to go out and witness to somebody or pray for somebody to be healed. You don't have to get a credential or a certificate from us you know, to go do some great things for God. I mean, I'm living proof of that. I started preaching. I just started getting all these invitations. I was preaching, going out, praying for people, seeing people saved and baptized, Holy Ghost and such. 
And the associate pastor of the church, Brother Gorman's pastor, Dan Flanagan, he came up and he said, Brother, uh, you ever thought about getting licensed in the ministry? I said, well, I got a driver's license. I can go anywhere I want to go. He said, no, a license to preach. I said, I didn't know you had to have a license to preach. I'm just going wherever God opens the door for me. He said, well, it'd be good. It'd be a covering for your life, you know, to have somebody you're accountable to. I said, you know, if that's what y'all want me to do, I'll do it. And so I did. I got my license in the ministry. And uh, I'd already had several Bible classes in college, so I was way ahead of the game that way. But anyway, I did it. But the point is, I was so fired up, wherever God opened a door, I went through it. And I talked to people, and I prayed for people, and I'd do whatever. I would sing, I'd play my trumpet, and I wasn't even that good. But I'd go ahead and do it anyway. You know, or I'd make a joyful noise, you know. You know, but uh, I, I wouldn't do that now. I'd come out red-faced and, whoo, you know. But uh, God, he opens the way for you. He marks your path. He, he brings you down the road to where you need to be, you know. And I look at Sheila and Anna and Sister Karen back there and Rocky's helped in children's ministry and whatnot. And even Cherish, she's young but she's been a helper you know Caleb used to be in there but you know when God touches a young person a child you know I learned the stories in the Bible by my Sunday school teachers I mean we read the scriptures every night before we went to bed but it was those Sunday school teachers that taught me those life lessons and look we grew up Pastor Ken the same way you know, and uh, we had different ones. Sister Cox, her husband owned an insurance company. Ezra Cox was his name. And uh, she was John Greer's sister. And Bob Greer was his son who we bought this building from. I mean, it you know, what goes around comes around, you know. And we're in a building that her family owned, in essence. And she was one of our teachers when we were toddlers. Hank and I were in toddlers class together. That's how long we knew each other. And God did a work. It's tremendous. And then we had, oh, different ones. But Sister Gamblin, her husband ran and owned Gamblin Lumberyard for many years. It's still called Gamblin's because Sammy Shock went to work for uh, Brother Gamblin and he ended up buying it out, you know, eventually. You know, that's where you climb the ladder. But, I mean, she was, she helped build the Christian school out there. Now is FCC. Is that what it's called, FCC? And, uh, you know, don't tell anybody, but I'd love to buy that property one day. Yeah, don't tell anybody, though. I know. They, they may not want to sell it to me, but, you know, if God provides, God provides. Where God guides, he provides, you know. So anyway, I'll leave it at that before I open my big mouth anymore. <laughs> Y'all stand with me. Father, we love you. We thank you that you guide our steps. You lead us into victory. You give us strength to strength power to confront and overcome our enemies. We thank you. You're the provider. You're the one that gives us the power of the Holy Ghost 
so that we are not dominated by our enemies. No way. We can fulfill ministry and glorify God by our opportunities. And we thank you for it, O God. And bless us now as we go in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. I can't believe I ended this early. (laughs) But it sure was good. I enjoyed it. I was preaching to myself. (laughs) Amen.